I wonder how you are feeling since, oh, mid to end January when Saturn moved into Aquarius. So maybe you have felt big shifts or just started to notice things subtly creep in. And so maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But either way, this month has, we've seen a trickling in of lots of other planets into Aquarius. We have the sun entering Aquarius this week. Venus will be leaving Aquarius this week, as will Neptune. So the biggest shifts this week are happening around Aquarius. So whether or not you've already started to notice things changing because of Saturn, Saturn's big move into Aquarius, um, this week might be a good time to set your intentions around that because we have a new moon coming up in Aquarius. Really, it's next Monday, the 20th. So we'll talk about it. We'll talk about this episode. We'll have your yoga practices and journal prompts for the new moon specifically, but we can't talk about this new moon without talking about everything else that's happening in Aquarius. So before we get into all the details, that's a quick snapshot overview. I just want to give you a warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook, Vedic sidereal astrologer and yoga teacher. I'm training to become a yoga therapist. So what I enjoy doing is telling you yoga practices as in asana, you know, poses and um, other things that might not be looked at on the surface as yoga practices, but the more you delve into the practice, you know, meditation techniques, breathing techniques, all this kind of stuff might be considered as yoga practice, sometimes even Ayurvedic techniques, and then journal prompts to up your svadhyaya, your self-study journey with the changing seasons of astrology. So that's what we do here. That's who I am. Welcome. Welcome back. If you're Coming back, and let's dive into everything happening over the next week or so because it's a lot of stuff. So, normally I put out a monthly Outlook episode. You may notice if you've been around that I didn't do that this month. Sorry. Um, but any most of the stuff happening this month is happening this week anyway. So, um, we just had the sun move into Aquarius on Sunday, February 12th. So that will be before this, by the time you're listening to this podcast episode on Wednesday, the day after Valentine's Day, which I always say like in the U.S., in the U.S. Valentine, I just bought my partner and kids some chocolates for tomorrow. Um, so maybe you celebrate that in the U.S., but I've also heard Indian folks talking about it. So I'm like, maybe this commercial holiday is like, trickling out into other places. But anyway, Valentine's Day, based on some pagan Celtic shit, I think. But we celebrate it, right? That's how things work. But then, so normally, we have Venus in Aquarius on Valentine's Day. That's almost always true, according to sidereal astrology. And then on Wednesday, February 15th, Venus moves into Pisces. It'll be there until March 12th. And so I tell you that, how long it'll be there. I don't always tell you the end point, but, um, Venus is exalted in Pisces. So you might be feeling a little sweeter on the 15th than you will on the 14th. Um, and so Venus being exalted, Venus is the planet of love and romance and relationships and luxury. So if you can put off maybe doing something luxurious with your partner or for yourself until the 15th or sometime between February 15th and March 12th, that might be a good, 
use of that energy to really revel in that exalted Venus energy. Things relationship-wise might come easier during that time or um, they might be a little more forefront of your mind. Um, while Venus is in Pisces, you might be feeling a little more dreamy, a little more sweet. So watch out if there's like, um, if you could use a more grounded approach to relationships, you know, that, that could be the shadow side. And then also on Pisces. So we have Jupiter in Pisces. Just keep in mind, Jupiter's in Pisces. It's been there since last April. It will be there until this April sometime is when it moves on to Aries. So we have Venus moving to Pisces where it's exalted this week. We have Neptune moving to Pisces on February 18th, which is just before the new moon. So maybe that's a good thing that Neptune will shift on to Pisces before the new moon happens. Um, Neptune is considered a co-ruler of Pisces. So what that means in a sense, so traditional Vedic astrology does not incorporate the outer planets, which are Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto. And so if you talk to some purists, they'll be like, don't even worry about those. Like whatever people are staying really true to tradition. And the thing is, they're not in the ancient texts because they weren't discovered yet. They can't be seen with the naked eye. So they weren't discovered until much later after Vedic astrology was sort of like written down, transmitted by the rishis, the seers, the sages, right? So in the tradition, they're not incorporated, but we can see other examples of how the two systems, like two main systems of astrology, the Greek Hellenistic astrology and Vedic astrology can kind of influence each other. That's why we even use the, the signs of Aries, Pisces, Aquarius, you know, all these signs are Greek names. There are Sanskrit names for them. Um, anyway, I digress. Neptune is considered a co-ruler of Pisces. So I just bring that up to say in Vedic astrology, some people might not say that's true, but if you think about the qualities of Neptune and Pisces, they're kind of similar. So that makes sense. And so that's a good thing. This is a good thing for Pisces going on this week that there will be so much sweet and good energy around Pisces being Neptune's moving there. Jupiter is there. Jupiter is considered the ruler of Pisces under Vedic astrology. So Neptune can be considered a co-ruler. But so we have the two rulers and the exalted planet Venus in Pisces this week. We'll be moving there before the new moon that happens. So what that means is that in a general sense, you might be feeling more spiritually connected. You might be feeling more dreamy. Um, that can be good for all things love. Right. And so when we talk about setting intentions for the new moon, just keep that in mind in the background that having a big picture awareness and having that sense of dreaminess um, and spiritual connection can be really helpful at the time of this new moon. So just keep that in your awareness and I'll move on to talk about other things happening um, this week and then we'll dive into the journal practice journal practice, journal prompts and yoga practices for the new moon. Um, and so just keep in mind, so one more thought about Neptune in Pisces, it will, it might enhance your spiritual connection. It's going to be there for a long time. And related to Pisces, we have Rahu and Ketu will be moving to Pisces later this year. So that's, um, at the end of October, 2023. So we will, of course, cover that in way more depth later. Um, there's already some info about it. If you want to know in the, um, 
the yearly planning workshop that you can get as a replay. If you get the 2023 calendar, you can get both of those things included in the membership. Maybe you just sign up for a month of membership just to get that stuff. Um, or you can go, you can go to yogiscopes.com slash membership to check that out. It's open for signups now. You can also get the replay of the Synastry and Compatibility Workshop we just had last weekend in the membership. Much better deal, sweeter deal to, to commit to this um, than to sign up for all this stuff individually. So anyway, you can go to yogiscopes.com slash 2023 if you just want the planner and all the dates and some... If you get the replay of the workshop, you'll get an hour and a half long yoga practice to help you set your intentions for the year. Might still be a good time to do that with this new moon in Aquarius if you haven't already, or maybe you're in the membership or already have the replay and you haven't taken the time to do that or want to do it more thoroughly. You might revisit some of that stuff now with this new moon in Aquarius. We'll get there in a moment because like I said, Saturn just moved to Aquarius. It'll be there for two and a half years. That's a big deal. You might be feeling big shifts. So basically this new moon is a big one because we have Saturn just like it'll be conjunct Saturn. It'll be conjunct um, the sun, obviously, right? So we'll talk more about that in a moment. But with Pisces, so that Pisces energy will be strong for most of the year because we have Jupiter there until... April and then Jupiter moves on and that will do its own thing. Jupiter will conjoin Rahu and Aries until Rahu moves on to um, Pisces because Rahu and K2 move backwards through the Zodiac. They're technically always retrograde. They don't go retrograde. They always move the opposite direction of the rest of the planets. Um, and so we covered some of that stuff in our January workshop, which was the five-year planning with astrology that you can also get the replay of already loaded into the membership. Um, so Rahu, when it conjoins Jupiter, I feel like I should say something about this. This is not what I meant, came here to talk about today, but um, Rahu, so I mentioned on the Saturn and Aquarius podcast episode that was like an hour long because I had to cover a lot of stuff um, related to Saturn and Aquarius. If you go to the YouTube video, you can find little... Um, timestamps to jump to snippets about whatever section you might want to revisit or care about at that moment. Um, because this is a two and a half year long transit, I wanted to cover all the ground, no stone unturned. Um, oh, and by the way, for those of you that asked for a Saturn and Aquarius sign by sign, it's in the membership. Sorry, didn't get it out for everybody, but the members got it. So that's why when I miss podcast episodes, at least folks in the membership are like still getting my attention and presence. So that's the way life works. Anyway, so um, I mentioned how AI, we would see more of that when Saturn moved into Aquarius because we were already seeing inklings of it at the end of last year before um, Saturn actually moved to Aquarius. But now we're seeing it a bunch more. It's coming to the forefront. It's just like exploding AI and people are people are getting used to it, I think, now. People are like, okay, this isn't as scary as we initially thought. Um, we might be able to live with this. Some people, at least a lot of people that I've listened to or noticed um, talking about it. But when Rahu moves to Aries and conjoins Jupiter, so AI is also a very Rahuvian thing. Um, most technology, like Rahu is technology and, and advancements in technology. And so is Aquarius to some degree. 
Um, and so we won't have Rahu moving to Aquarius until 2025, shortly after Saturn leaves there. So we talked about that in the early planning workshop replays already in the um, membership if you want to go revisit that. So it's, it's interesting that we have um, all these planets kind of doing a little switcheroo, like Jupiter moves faster than Saturn. So we had the great conjunction back in 2020. Y'all probably remember that. It was a big deal. If you've been paying attention to astrology since then, um, Jupiter and Saturn conjoined. And then Jupiter has moved on much faster than Saturn has because that was in sidereal Capricorn. Saturn has only just now moved to sidereal Aquarius. Jupiter is already about to move to Aries. That's like two signs ahead of Saturn. And Rahu and K2. Rahu is moving backwards through these signs. So this year... Jupiter and Rahu will conjoin, and during that time, we will probably see even more expansion of Rahuvian-related things, including AI. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, we'll talk more about Jupiter and Aries as we get there, um, and Rahu and Pisces as we get there. That's not until the fall, when Rahu moves to Pisces. But I just want you to have this in your awareness as like where we're going for the year because this new moon happening in Aquarius is kind of touching on all of this stuff because we have Saturn just moved there. Um, we have all this stuff going on around Aquarius and Pisces. So Neptune is just leaving Aquarius where it has Neptune stays for years and years. It's one of the slowest moving planets. The effects of the outer planets, Neptune, Uranus, and um Pluto can be considered more generational in effect. Like we, that's why we also still don't really assess them that much in a birth chart reading because it's, those are going to be the kind of qualities that you have in common with everybody in your generation, right? Um, rather than like personal qualities. So all the planets, the personal planets, we call them all the way up to, you know, Jupiter and Saturn, those planets are more personal in nature and the um, effects of the outer planets are going to be more generational in nature. So that's where we see with Neptune moving, we're probably going to see more movement towards Piscean things, which can be like transcendental meditation, maybe heightened spiritual connection, this big collective, um, you know, collective dreaming, right? And this, so the shadow side of that is disillusionment perhaps um and perhaps like addictive tendencies of neptune and pisces so we might see i hate to say it arise in that kind of stuff um and then so be on the lookout for that especially once rahu moves there to pisces like addiction to this sort of spiritual escapism perhaps um addiction to dreamy um otherworldly things like maybe ai right so be on the lookout for that stuff later. I felt like I couldn't not bring it up now because the shifts are starting now. So that's like not where I meant to go this episode, but I couldn't not say it because it's been on my mind. So anyway, um, the day of the new moon, just going to continue filling in the context around the new moon. And then I will tell you how I derive the journal prompts and yoga practices for the new moon. And of course what those are. Um, so the day of the new moon. The new moon is happening at 2.05 a.m. on Monday, February 20th. And that's Eastern time. So if you're somewhere else in the world, it might be like some other time. You can look it up as Uncle Google has got your back. You know, like you can pretty easily find that. Your time zone. Mine is Eastern time, like New York time, East Coast of the U.S. 
Um, so that's happening at 2.05 a.m. So for all intents and purposes, you could consider this new moon is happening over Sunday night. Really, like if you want to do your new moon practice anytime between Saturday and Tuesday, you'll be fine, right? Um, and that same day, about, I guess, 14 hours later or so, at 4.37 p.m., Rahu is entering Ashwini. So I don't always talk about nakshatras on the general transits because I feel like when Mercury changes nakshatras, it happens like once a week. It's like, you know, maybe once every two weeks. It's, it's not at, like, I feel like I see folks can easily get in the weeds with things like Mercury, Sun, and Venus when they change nakshatras. Um, and I, I want to help y'all avoid that, avoid that getting in the weeds with what's happening. So that's why I don't typically always bring up nakshatras, but for the slower moving planets of, and what I also kind of call, tend to call the karmic indicators. That's what we talked about in the, in the five-year planning workshop that now the only place you can get the replay if you didn't sign up for it live is in the membership. Um, the, the Rahu, K2, Jupiter, and Saturn are sort of the karmic indicators. They're slower moving planets. So we want to talk about when they change nakshatras because it happens like once every six months or so, or, you know, for at least Rahu and K2 because they change signs every year and a half. So we look at the nakshatras because that's going to be a big deal. So Rahu's been in Barney nakshatra, Barney, sorry if I didn't say, enunciate that clearly, um, since last summer sometime. I don't know. I don't keep the dates in my head. Um, and I don't think you should either. I think that's why we write it down. That's why I make the planner because don't let that stuff live rent free in your head when you can just not do that. Um, so it was last summer sometime. As long as you just kind of have like a running awareness, you don't have to like memorize all the dates. And, and see, I think that borders on being in the weeds about it personally. Um, so it's been in Bar Rahu's been in Barney since last summer. And some of the themes we talked about with Rahu and Barney is like birthing a new way of being because Barney is symbolized by a yoni. Um, and so we've, throughout our Yogi Scopes flow practices, I've been incorporating a lot of diaphragmatic breathing, which is good for the pelvic floor. Um, and that kind of awareness, deep core awareness while Rahu has been in Aries. And so now it's moving to Ashwini, which is the first nakshatra of the Zodiac. And so if you care, I could perhaps do a whole separate podcast episode. I will probably do a sign by sign for the members about Rahu and Ashwini. Um, but if y'all care, you can ask me, you can comment on YouTube, you can email me, whatever. Um, I can do a sign-by-sign sign for, or not, a sign-by-sign sign would be only for the members. Sorry, that's just, they're the ones that get that. Um, but I could do a separate podcast episode if y'all really want to hear about that. Um, but in a nutshell, I, the keywords I would use for that energy is innovative medicine and a focus on healing. And we could talk more about why if you want to know, but just know that there might be a shift starting around the new moon. So that the reason that's important is the new moon also has a focus on healing and um, setting those kind of intentions. So in the same day, 
Rahu moving to Ashwini, you might experience this shift towards like really caring about healing and healing in um, innovative ways, you know, which that's all I'm going to say about that. Let's now talk about the new moon in Aquarius because so Ashwini has like in its mythology and in its symbolism has connections to healing physicians, um, spiritual healing because it's ruled by K2. And so does the nakshatra where the new moon is happening. So this new moon might spark a lot of stuff if I haven't kind of made that clear by now, because we have, um, Saturn just moved to Aquarius. Saturn is, um, combust the sun all week. So Saturn will completely conjoin the sun. Um, I wrote it down. Hold on. So Saturn will be conjunct the sun for the whole time the sun is in Aquarius, which is from February 12th until March sometime. Don't worry about it too much. Um, it's about a month until March. Um, and then, so the exact conjunction by degrees, check this out because I don't know if y'all are like me, but my favorite angel numbers are one, three, and seven. And so maybe that's angel numbers for you too. I think it is for Lila. Like, I think we share that one. Um, but so the exact conjunction is happening on February 16th, which is Thursday, uh, at 11. All right. So I ran this down to the second. This is too much. 11.33 a.m. and 7 seconds on February 16th at exactly 3 degrees 33 minutes of Aquarius. So that's the moment of the exact conjunction this Thursday of Saturn and the Sun. And so I think I alluded to this earlier that, oh no, I talked about it in our um, practice this morning. So if you came to Moon Day, which is free, um, you would have heard this then. And so that's what, if you're ever like, oh, I missed a podcast episode, sign up for Moon Day. It's free. You go to yogiscopes.com slash classes for your donation base. You get the recording automatically sent to you afterwards if you can't make it live. So anyway, the uh, Saturn and the Sun are technically enemies, right? But what's interesting is in the mythology of Saturn, um, Saturn is the child of the Sun, of sun and shadow. So what Saturn does basically anywhere it goes is kind of takes a flashlight and shines it on all the shadows. That's what Saturn is here to do is to illuminate your blind spots and make you do something about them, which can be hard because if you're like, Oh, I was just like humming along having this kind of, you know, less than perfect aspect of myself. And now it's like flashed in your face where you have to do something about it. And that is, essentially what Saturn does, like as it moves through our chart. And since it's in Aquarius, it's, um, that's the area of our chart, the area of our life that is, that that's happening to right now. And so it's just kind of starting Saturn in Aquarius time off with a bang of Saturn and the sun conjuncting in Aquarius and then having a new moon there. Um, so that conjunction will be at 11, 33, and seven seconds a.m. on this Thursday, the 16th, at exactly three degrees and 33 minutes of Aquarius. So, and that is happening. So Saturn is aspecting um, Aries, Leo, and Scorpio. So you can look also to where those signs are in your birth chart to know what other areas are being impacted, or you could just look in the membership sign by sign. Um, 
So the moon this week will be debilitated in Scorpio and receiving Saturn's 10th aspect for that time, like right around, you know, leading up into the Saturn and Sun conjunction. So this week is a challenging one because we have that stuff going down. Um, the Saturn and Sun conjunction, their enemies, Saturn is combust, like that's hard energy to deal with. Um, and then, so right before the conjunction, the moon will be debilitated and the moon, um, then we're having a new moon with Saturn. And so Saturn technically like afflicts the moon. So there's just all these like challenging energies going around this week. Um, so keep in mind that Rahu is in Aries receiving Saturn's aspect as well. So that's why Saturn is like not a small deal. So go back and revisit the Saturn and Aquarius episode or join the membership and get the Saturn and Aquarius sign by sign if you want more information about how that's playing out. But I suspect that you know. I suspect that you know over the past three weeks or so since January 17th or 18th when Saturn moved to Aquarius, have you just stopped caring about certain things that you cared a lot about for the past couple of years or realized that certain things have run their course? Have you started feeling inklings of that or started caring about new things a lot, you know, or experiencing new challenges over the last few weeks? Um, I suspect you have. I suspect the more you start pouring into it somewhere in your awareness, you know, right? And I'm here to help you figure it out if you're having a hard time putting the pieces together but I suspect that most of you just know, right? And so this new moon happening in Aquarius, if I have not fully explained all the other contexts of everything that's happening with Aquarius and with these other signs where all these other major karmic planets are, um, I hope I hope I've helped make sense. If not, I'm always open to questions. Um, but the nakshatra that this new moon is happening in Shadabisha, Shatabisha, I've heard lots of Shadabishak, I've heard lots of different ways to pronounce it, but Shadabisha Nakshatra is symbolized, so it translates to the hundred healers, right? Um, and so it has this connection to healing. It also is symbolized by just an open, empty circle. So with that, I would urge you, because Aquarius being the 11th sign of the Zodiac, it has connections to 11th house matters being things like your network circles, your long-term goals, right? And so Saturn is here in Aquarius with this new moon. Um, and so you might be working towards long-term goals related to the Aquarius area of your chart or just in general, your long-term goals in your life. It's time to put the rubber to the road and really like put your head down and make an effort towards those long-term goals in a regular, on a regular basis, make it part of your daily life, make habits that are going to get you to where you want to go. Um, that's what Saturn and Aquarius is asking you to do. And so also with Sh um, Shadabisha Nakshatra, what I wanted to bring up with that whole circle thing is when I said the 11th house has to do with your network circles your community, your, you know, colleagues that you network with, your friends, um, your peers, like who do you surround yourself with and are they 
matching, like who's your circle? Who is your inner circle, right? And does that group of people match the vibe that you want to align yourself with? Are they also pursuing similar goals? So it doesn't have to be like, I was talking about this in the synastry and compatibility workshop too. Like my husband is not into astrology at all. It doesn't have to be something like that, right? Like I'm over here like building my career around astrology and my husband could not give two shits about it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but he's support, he listens, but he is also pursuing his big goals. So we inspire each other in that way. So that's what I mean. Like they don't have to be doing the same thing as you necessarily people in your circle, but hopefully they, they are showing up in their life with the same energy that you want to show up with and they can inspire you in that way. There's all this research around, you know, who we spend our time with really influences our behavior and our identity um, and how we show up in life and which then ultimately influences where we end up and how we reach our goals, right? So are, is your, are people in your circle supportive of that, of where you want to go? And so this is a new moon. You want, might want to set intentions around things like the things around like your networks. How are you going to show up in networks? How are you going to build your network to be most supportive of your goals? But then you might also set intentions around healing. Um, so with that hundred healers vibe, how can you tap into your own um, healing, your own medicine? So that's why I brought up Rahu and Ashwini the same day. This innovative medicine, this holistic medicine, how can you tap into that at this new moon? How can you set something into motion Um, and this is a big one. Like normally when I'm talking about new moons, I'm like, think about the next 30 days. Like what can you accomplish in the next 30 days? And so that there's an element of that or 28 days really for the upcoming lunar cycle. But this one, because we have Rahu is moving into a new nakshatra where it will be until the end of October and Saturn has just moved to Aquarius where it will be until, March of 2025, and then Rahu will be there in Aquarius in May of 2025. I hope I'm quoting that right, but it's in the yearly planning workshop if you want to know the exact date. Um, But just know this, that like things you're setting into motion now have the power to be really monumental. So I hope if at any new moon, like if you were ever to put extra thought into a new moon practice, this would be the one. So related to where Aquarius is in your chart, which there will be a detailed sign by sign for the members, um, and maybe also related to Aquarius related matters. Like, so that's why I brought up the Neptune and Pisces, Jupiter and Pisces, Venus and Pisces stuff, big dreams for your life, rubber to the road. How are you going to get there? Right? Like that's what we have going on right now with all that astrological context I brought up. So for the new moon, your yoga practices and journal prompts. So um, yoga practices, we've been connecting in our weekly practices that you can come to um, for drop-in or as a member. We've been connecting to grounding through the feet, putting your best foot forward. Um, So connecting to the feet, connecting to grounding because Saturn can be kind of ungrounding, but also connecting to the lower legs because Aquarius governs over the lower legs. So what that looks like, um, 
I'm actually going to upload the recording that we did of our moon day this that we did this morning. So if you missed it and didn't sign up, you can still get the recording. Look on YouTube. It'll be there sometime this week, hopefully today, but it could be tomorrow or Wednesday. Um, it'll be up before the new moon. And so we did some bridge variations to connect to the feet and lower legs. Um, and then a guided meditation that I think will be awesome for this new moon. And like I told the folks that came live, um, I was going to share some journal prompts for the new moon that went along with that guided meditation. So here are those journal prompts. So first I just want to share an affirmation. I shared actually, um, like five affirmations in that guided meditation, but the the most important one that I love for you to consider related to this new moon is I honor my important and individual contributions to the grand mosaic of life. So I think that I hope that distills down what I was getting to with all the the Pisces energy going on and Aquarius is very humanitarian too. So Aquarius is very like how is the work you're doing related to the greater good? Like don't just do all this work. That's where it's so all this Pisces energy could be leading you towards addiction to spiritual escapism kind of stuff, like on the complete opposite, like shadow side of all this Pisces energy. Like that's not necessarily how it will play out, but um, that's like the complete shadow side thing to watch out for related to all of this Pisces energy we have going on. And so the Aquarius energy is asking you to put that towards the collective, like do this work on yourself so that you can be a better person to make your contribution to humanity, right? And so the guided meditation, hopefully you can go back and listen to it. Um, it'll be on YouTube, can help um, find some clarity around what that Dharma may be. And maybe you're feeling, so I suspect most people like kind of know, like, you know, what you're supposed to be doing, but um, there could be a lot of reasons we don't lean into that, um, life circumstances, societal expectations, whatever. Um, so that's kind of like what we spend a lot of time exploring in the membership on this podcast, just in general is like helping people connect to their Dharma and actually like get on that path. But the guided meditation is a good start, um, that will be on YouTube in the yoga practices playlist. Um, but basically if you were to start living towards your life's mission, which is what this new moon is asking you to like start doing, right? Tap into your own healing, tap into your dharma, start working towards that on a daily basis for especially the rest of the time that Saturn is in Aquarius, which is the next two years. Um, here's the journal prompts that will hopefully also like once you've tapped into that big life mission, like what is it that you want to do? Maybe listen to the guided meditation first. Um, so can you spend some time on a regular basis? So maybe you do this around the, the new moon, but then think about also how you can work this kind of reflection on a regular basis to make sure you're still aligning with that greater life's mission. Um, what difference does it make in your life to own your dream, to own your life's mission and really show up as a person who is owning that life's mission? So here's some clarifying questions. Maybe you just free write on like how things are different if you are showing up in relation to your dharma, to your own personal brand of healing, right? Um, 
do you live differently? Do you think differently? Do people treat you differently? You know, that could be a good or a bad thing. Um, Is your daily routine different? Do you surround yourself with a different circle? Uh, Do you have different relationships, possessions, plans, priorities, right? How is the world around you different if you show up as living your dharma, like owning your dream? Or is it the same because you're already doing that, right? Like that's good awareness too. I'm not saying necessarily because you're listening to this that you're not showing up fully, but can you explore it? Can you explore if things would be different if you were to start living in alignment um, with your dream? And how does that alignment create a better life for you and for others, right? So that's the big question. Those are the journal prompts um, for this new moon. Just start examining If you're on that spiritual path, on your own healing journey, um, listen to the guided meditation, connect with feet and lower legs in your asana practice. Um, Yeah, so what can you do to, to align with that? You know, little details, little habits. How can you show up more fully as that person who is owning that big dream and putting putting habits in doing the work to make that big spiritual collective dream into a reality. So I hope that all made sense. It was a lot of stuff. Hefty episode. You might listen to it a couple times because it was kind of doubling as a new moon episode and a sort of February outlook. So let me know what questions come up for you around this. I'm so glad that you're here. Please remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, take care.